We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth again, and today's conversation is about vulnerability, a topic I think many of us get into when we talk about abortion, vulnerability of the baby, of the mother, and what that means for everyone. And joining us today, we have Evangeline. She is our programs coordinator here at Created Equal. Um, And just a fun fact about Evangeline is she loves, 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 loves uh, to crank up her heater in her room. No, it's not a dig. It's smart. No, I was thinking, ouch, like painful, too much heat. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She likes to crank up her heater in her office, and it kind of gets to like 100 Uh, and 50 degrees at least that's what it feels like but it makes sense because she's outside working hard um, for hours on end in the cold in Columbus Ohio so that's very smart of you Evangeline thank you welcome to the show (laughs) awesome (laughs) okay so getting into it we're going to be talking about like Seth said a conversation um, that Evangeline had outside of a high school here in Columbus Um, and so kind of get us set the scene for us Evangeline Um, what is it like what do we do um, whenever we go out to these high schools and yeah kind of give us a brief overview of that Yeah, so we set up um, in front of high schools um, right before the kids are let out when the bell rings. And this is kind of a unique situation because there's only three of us there. We usually have about five or six there with us. But the rest of our team was in D.C. and they had our uh, 12 passenger vans. So we all had to cram inside of our cars and drive to the high school. And we set up on either side or on each uh, the long, long sidewalk, either side, and one in the middle, and um, we just set up our signs and started asking the kids as they started, like, pouring out of the school what they think about abortion. And eventually, if I can remember that day, so you were there, I was there, and Grace was also there, mm-hmm. three staff members. Um, I remember it being a very busy day. I, I think we could have had more people with us. I mm-hmm. could have reached a lot more because they were just pouring by me. I think we had a lot of people change their minds that day. Is that right? Yes, we had seven mind seven changes. Seven was, yeah. Right. I, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, so obviously it was a very successful day of talking to students outside the high school. Um, and so we're going to get to narrow in on one of the conversations that you had. So um, tell everybody about that conversation, kind of um, what were their opinions on abortion whenever you first initially asked them, what do you think about abortion? Yeah, it was um, two, uh, I'm guessing, they looked a little actually older, probably juniors or senior high school students, and um, they were actually right by the crosswalk, and they were about to cross the little uh, dinger, the thing that things was going off, and I was so worried they're going to cross the street, and you don't get to talk to them, you know, you want them to uh-huh. stay and talk to you. So you're talking really, really fast, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> please stay. (laughs) Um, But they actually did stay and I got to talk to them about abortion. I just asked them what they thought at first and it was pretty clear to me that they um, leaned towards pro-choice, but they weren't very strong um, Mm -hmm. and they just definitely, it seemed like they were influenced by like the social media, um, you know, probably their peers around them. And I heard a lot of the pro-choice rhetoric from them. Yeah. And so I think that's pretty common outside of high school, especially people not having like a extremely strong stance for abortion or really even extremely strong stance against abortion, kind of more in the a middle ground. Yeah. So Evangeline, as you're listening, they're talking to them, trying to get this out before they walk across the street, though they did stay longer. Um, what's going through your mind and your heart? Are you kind of like, are you cool after a while? It's been a long time. You've been doing this for a few years. Do you feel chill about it or are you kind of nervous at, in every conversation? 
Um, that day I was actually super excited. You can tell by this clip we're going to play here soon that I was kind of just had a very jo- joyous <laughs> tone to my voice. Um, it was good to go out there and it was such a great school. The students were really kind and these girls were really open-minded. So it makes the conversation easier when it's like that. But um, it was, it, it was a good outreach and I was excited to be there. And yeah, it was the girls were really sweet and very um, honest with me too. They weren't mm-hmm. just you know nodding their head and just trying to get out of the conversation. They were they were really real with me. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into the clip then. Developing, growing. So I'm arguing, our value should not be t- determined on our gender, yeah. on our race, or our age. We're all human. We should all be treated the same, born or pre-born, black, white, male, female. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. So even the hard circumstances of rape, the person deserves to be punished as the rapist, but the innocent baby is being killed. Yeah, because like, this is like, so the woman's point of view, she doesn't know what to do. Like, yeah. what if she's a minor? Yeah. Well, we sympathize with the minor, right? Because yeah. she's so young. Yeah. But the baby inside the womb is even younger, which is yeah, sympathize with them. Like, so I'm not saying we should put the mother on, like, like we should a, put the baby on top, like their rights yeah, over. Like the baby doesn't know, like it's not grown yet, it's not nutrient, like it doesn't know mm-hmm. what's going on around. Yeah, it. but that doesn't mean it's okay to kill someone when they're unconscious, yeah. right? I'm just saying let's treat them equally, not put one over the other. I'm saying mother, baby, equal, right? Let's give them everything we can. Let's help them as much as possible. My favorite part of that was where she goes, yeah, right. You can, <laughs> you can't see it, but you can hear the wheels turning in her mind. I think that's really powerful because this conversation was changing her thinking. Yeah, I think that was very apparent in her, yeah, yeah, like all of her reactions to everything you were saying. And also I feel like uh, sometimes we can be in conversations with people and it can seem like you're kind of um, talking to a uh, brick building, like you're not getting anything out of them, but they were actually actively asking you questions Mm -hmm. and like responding to the things that you were saying. So that's very encouraging. Um, even if they didn't change their minds, but ultimately they did change their minds (laughs) on abortion. So that was an extra win for us. Um, but Evangeline, so kind of go over briefly, just your 32nd, um, response they brought it up at the very beginning of the clip um what do you say whenever people bring up the case of rape yeah well first i wanted to just tell them that i agree with them yes rape is wrong we agree (laughs) um but also we we oppose rape because it's intentionally harming someone else and that's why we also oppose abortion and i make that case say well if you oppose rape because someone's harming someone else's body without their consent the same thing's happening to this pre-born child we should also oppose abortion Um, also that abortion um doesn't help the mother who just went through this terrible situation with rape um it just makes the situation worse Mm -hmm. that's really good and if anybody um would like to kind of go deeper into responding to people whenever they bring up the circumstance of rape we have a complete podcast on it and so you can go to our show notes and listen to that there as well um and I think that this, them mentioning rape, if I could just jump in for a second, I think gets to the heart of what we're going to talk about. We're getting to this whole idea of vulnerability, right? Because when someone brings up rape, they're pointing to women in a vulnerable state being uh, attacked. And so they're already, the theme is coming up that we're, and I think what this young girl we can see in her heart, uh, the way she's speaking is that she has concern for those who mm-hmm. are, and those who are needy, those who are vulnerable. And that's kind of the theme that's going to be resounding, I think, through this whole, the whole conversation we're having today. What do we do if you are vulnerable? When, so, when a woman is being attacked, like you said, Evangeline, we help them, we don't hurt them. That's what vulnerability demands of us. Yeah. And so going into that, the next thing that she brought up after y'all kind of discussed rape really briefly, um, she brought up the fact that, well, what if 
she's a minor? What if the woman who's pregnant is a minor? Um, kindness, let us, let us know what made you go with that response. I thought it was a fantastic response and it was really quick. Um, (laughs) when you said, well, the child is just a younger person too. So shouldn't we care for that child? Yeah. I mean, that's why I've I've always said, because it's so effective because that's what they're getting at. They want to show you, well, look at this young person who, you know, was, you know, getting, um, uh, you know, abused or whatever. We should feel sorry for them, which, you know, we do, we sympathize with their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean we forget the other victim over here. We have to look at them who are also young and vulnerable and tr- not forget about them as well. So I want to bring that up close because they're kind of forgetting that when they bring up the mother. We want to see both the victims and make sure that no one <laughs> is getting harmed. That's really good. And I think so connecting the dots here. So um, she was not saying what if the younger woman had been raped, but I often hear people ask something similar, again, using rape as the example. They say, what if a 12-year-old girl is raped? Now, you're, the person in your conversation was saying just what if she's a minor, mm-hmm. what if she's young and pregnant, right? But I think the, the point here, what we can see consistently is that people look at those who are young and say, okay, the mother is young and pregnant, the mother is young and been uh, sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. That's more terrible because they are younger. And I think that while we recognize that, um, you know, if you are have an unplanned pregnancy, it doesn't matter how old you are. Really, that's a crisis, difficult situation for you. No matter how old you are, if you've been raped, you've been violated. But the point is, the younger you are, we recognize the more vulnerable you are. So I think that she was asking you, what if she's a minor, pointing to that very point, that she was saying, hey, she's, she's young, she's vulnerable, she needs help. Why shouldn't she have an abortion, right? That's the point she's trying to make. Mm-hmm. But you responded to it very well. Yeah. And um, lastly, just to point out whenever you responded to that she then went on um I don't know if it was her okay these girls are wearing masks so it's kind of hard to tell who was speaking actually in this clip to be honest the masks Which make girl? everything so difficult <laughs> yeah they they cover your whole face so you can't see it but um somebody did bring up the fact that well um that the child yes they may be younger and they're so much younger that they don't even know what's going on around them um so briefly kind of explain to them what you said from there yeah well I just compared it to like um if someone fell unconscious just because someone doesn't know what's going on around them that doesn't mean it's okay to harm them so that baby that may not be as developed to know what's going on around them that doesn't mean that it's okay to intentionally harm them or kill them or Mm -hmm. take advantage of them um, they're actually not supposed to be there yet. They're, we're faulting them for something that they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be fully developed yet. Yeah. They're not supposed to be um, that aware. Um, we shouldn't fault them for that. Um, but again, the vulnerability thing, we should you know, see it as a reason to help them, not as a way to harm them, right, take like advantage what, of them. Exactly. Right. What if you walked in here, Evangeline, to the GoPro closet for recording this this podcast, and Esther was sitting here, she had the podcast already, you walked in, you found Lexi passed out, right? So Lexi's in a vulnerable state. That means that you should help her, right? We, I think this is a general principle. We recognize that you find a human in a vulnerable state. You don't take advantage of them. You help them. Don't hurt them. And that's what's going on here, though. People say, well, that baby's not conscious. That baby's so uh, whatever. Or the mom is really young. She's vulnerable. And we we take advantage of people and their vulnerability. And that's wrong. And I think that's also what's so um, great about getting to talk to people who bring up arguments like, oh, well, what if she's a minor? What if she's um, a victim of rape? things like that, it's a great opportunity then to humanize the preborn um, and show their vulnerability. Because um, I don't think a lot of people 
think of it as being a vulnerability to not have the ability to understand what's going on around them um, or be able to survive outside the womb. They look at it as like a disadvantage, which I mean, Mm. I guess it is like a disadvantage, but they look at it as a negative where in reality, it's really just how things are. Like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like Evangeline was saying, that's just how um, naturally the preborn are supposed to be. Lexi, I think we should just pause right there and think about how the baby really is vulnerable. I mean, you listed some of these things, right? So she needs the mother for her nourishment, her protection. She gets her oxygen through the mother's blood. She needs the mother in so many ways. And I think we often gloss over that. But the baby's in truly the most vulnerable state possible. And that means our responsibility is certainly increased. Yeah. And so, uh, Seth, what do you do? You're in a conversation with somebody. You may have a little bit longer of time, like Evangeline said. Um, They were at a crosswalk. She was trying to get these words out very quickly. You did a fantastic (laughs) job, and you said all you needed to say for them to understand that abortion is wrong. But if somebody wasn't as willing to just um, acknowledge the reality as quick as these girls did, what examples would you give somebody that you're trying to pull out of them to show that they do care about other vulnerable people and they should care about these pre-born vulnerable people? Yeah, well, I think this is a, a good question to ask. And I think everywhere, if you look around you, we would see examples of this in our daily lives. My wife, her, she has several sisters and one of them was adopted and she has, uh, she's severely disabled mentally and physically. And she, um, my parents-in-law often say if they go to a restaurant with her and their daughter is in a wheelchair and they're rolling her into the uh, restaurant, wherever people will just clamor running forward to open the door for them and help in any way, any way they can, because they see a young girl who's vulnerable and they want to help. And I think if you were to ask, is that right? We'd say, yeah, of course that's right. It would be wrong to slam the door in her face, wrong to slam the door in anyone's face, but particularly more shocking when you harm someone who is more vulnerable because their greater vulnerability does not decrease our responsibility, it increases it. So I think of my sister-in-law, Catherine, and think that's good. People should respond that way. What about these preborn babies? They have increased vulnerability and we're not just leaving them. We're really slamming the door in their face by killing them. Mm -hmm. That's disgusting. Yeah. And I think that this is like a good way also to, um, when you're talking to somebody, try to find common ground. Because if you gave that example of your sister-in-law, people would find common ground in that and be like, especially if they maybe have um, siblings or a close loved one um, who has disabilities and they could relate to that same situation happening and the care for that vulnerable person. Um, So even when you're talking to somebody, you may want to change up your examples depending on who you're speaking to. Like you were talking to those two girls. Um, Maybe you could think of right now, I'm just going to put you on the spot because I know (laughs) you can do it because you just responded to those girls so quickly. I would have had to take a a multiple (laughs) seconds to uh, think before I spoke to get such good answers. But um, what's like a quick example when you're talking to two high school girls that you could give them um, to show that they do care about the more vulnerable? Yeah, well, I like to bring up my like I like to think of my grandma who needs more help. Um, Like she needs help taking her medication, getting out of bed and a bunch of stuff like that. Like she has to have like my dad go shopping for her sometimes because she can't go to the store. Mm-hmm. That's a great example of, you know, someone who needs more help. And if my dad just said, nope, don't feel like it, he, that, that would not be really cool. She needs someone to help her. And um, in a similar way, if they have loved ones who, I mean, I think we all do have older loved ones who need help and vulnerable, we should be willing to help them. What I love about that example, Evangeline, is it kind of 
turns the corner to something else that's involved in this. So we're talking about vulnerability. Like you walk in the GoPro closet, see Lexi passed out. She's vulnerable. You should help her, not hurt her, right? But you're talking about your dad and his mother. Mm -hmm. So not only is this just generally if you see someone who's vulnerable, you should help them. There's this unique relationship of your dad and his mother. And there's a relationship between parents and children that brings certain things to the conversation. So the baby's not only vulnerable, and so we should not hurt her. She's vulnerable, and she's attached to her mother. And the question is, should her mother help or hurt her? Now, maybe again, maybe someone else who sees your grandma in need, maybe they're not going to help her. Maybe they should help her. But if your own father, her son, were not to help her, that would be particularly shocking to us, right? Because you care for your family. You have responsibilities to your family. So we're talking about vulnerability and responsibility, but also when you are related to someone, have a special relationship, if they're vulnerable, you're even more responsible for them. And I was just thinking as you're talking about that, that's so true. And um, of just of the other examples, like if you think about the story of the Good Samaritan, you think about all the other people who walked past a person who is in great need. And it's good to give people positive examples and the both or all three of y'all's examples that you gave um, were positive examples, helping out the grandma or helping out the your sister-in-law, but also showing people negative examples. Like, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like being negative in the sense of... Um, if there was a person on the side of the road who really needed help and you just, instead of helping them, um, walked and changed to the other side Mm. of the road and kept going on your merry way, we would look at that person and say, what a disgusting person. Don't do that. That person needed help. Um, we should never do that. We should never pull that as a good thing for somebody to do. I'm sorry to cut you off. You're exactly right. And like when we, when we hear about fathers who have children, who are vulnerable and they take advantage of them by assaulting them. We are disgusted yeah. by that. You're exactly right. So it's not just a positive examples. It's and the negative examples are real and do happen. And frankly happen every day as parents are looking at their vulnerable children in the womb and saying, eh, I'm just going to kill you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really powerful to, when you're talking to people about abortion, not only give them really positive examples, but give them negative examples. Um, and so that they can really clearly see that, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side um, that is going to support, love, and care for vulnerable people? Or do you want to be on the side of people that mock or um, harm the the more vulnerable? That's a really great question. I think that, you know, so when we're having conversations, we are, we have uh, on our own team, we talk about how to end conversations. And I think that what you just said, Lex, is a great conversation ender. When maybe someone, let's say this, this young girl did change her mind, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say someone was not changing their mind. You can, I, I love to leave people with foods of foods for thought, foods for thought, not foods, food for thought, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, one thing you could ask them as they're leaving is, you know, maybe we don't agree on abortion, but like as Lexi just said, which side do you want to be on? Which side is building a better world? The side that is saying that when someone is weak, you help them, or the side that says when someone's weak, you kill them. And which is a better world? Now they maybe they will admit to your face, you are right, abortion's wrong. This girl did, some won't, but that's a great food for thought to leave with people when you're ending conversations. Because this whole topic of vulnerability will not go away. Every day it's in the headlines with COVID. We know people are sick and things are happening. So how how should a civil society treat people who are in need? That's the question at the heart of all of this. Mm -hmm. And Evangeline, again, you answered these girls um, with great speed and (laughs) with um, great accuracy in your responses. And so if anybody would like to be as cool as Evangeline and just know as much as she does, then you just need to come on our justice ride. Evangeline's been going on our justice rides since 2016.
right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's had a little bit of experience. Um, And so come on our justice rides, find out more information, go to the show notes in the link under what? Go into our show notes. I don't know. The I'm, show notes are, yes, the show notes. They're under our You just scroll down on your um, podcast. <laughs> I don't know notes. why I was saying the link in our bio because I'm on Instagram all the time. Anyway, sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's down there. Just scroll down. You'll see it. Yeah. yeah so find it there. You'll find other show notes too that, um, that pr- our producer Esther will leave for you. So everyone, the whole goal of this hopefully is to help you having your conversations now because this is an important topic and I will keep talking about it and using some of what Evangeline said in my conversations on the Justice Ride soon. But until then, everyone, please, you know the drill. You've been listening to us for a while now. We have uh, a shout out I wanted to give to someone who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please uh, do, consider doing this too. Viohub, shout out to Viohub. Thank you for, for leaving this. You said that um, it is clear that the people on the podcast genuinely care about other people and aren't just there to win arguments. Hope that I'm glad that's what you heard because that really is our goal. So thank you, Viohub. Everyone else, please consider also leaving us a review. You can find us on social media on every major uh, podcast catcher or just go to createdequal.org. But thank you today for joining us. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief.